One of the reasons that I have such a huge issue with belonging for myself is because my people were stolen. Yes. Right? We got mm -hmm. here um, uh, purposefully to work um, and, and like to raise the economy of this country without compensation, yep. with torture, um, and with uh, like just out, outright malice towards uh, me and people that look like me. My friends, welcome to episode 14 of Dig New Streams. I am your host, Dave Capozzi, and on the podcast this week, I have my dear friend and brother, William Dickerson. Uh, William is the executive director of Brockton Interfaith Community, which is a community organizing organization uh, that sort of brings people across all faith traditions together to work towards justice in the greater Brockton region. Uh, William has been in that role for the last five years, and he has done an incredible job of igniting a movement in this region that uh, a lot of people are starting to pay attention to and have problems with, which is one of the things we talk about. Uh, I used to be on the board of that organization, and William and I used to spend all of our time together uh, speaking together in all sorts of formats and just connecting in areas of spirituality and justice. And it is so good to have spent this time with him sort of reminiscing and talking about the new ways that he's exploring those ideas today. Uh, as always, if you want to keep up with the podcast, feel free to check out Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Dig New Streams Podcast. And without any more words, I hope you enjoy my conversation with William Dickerson. Like, are we doing this thing? Are we doing it? We are, yeah. Will Dickerson is the executive <laughs> 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 All right, are you ready for this? Yeah. All right. William, I met you via Zoom. Oh yeah. Before Zoom was like the way the world functioned. Yeah. So it was in an interview. Brockton Interfaith Community was doing interviews for the new executive director position. I was invited onto the team to the board to like vet whoever they were interviewing. Mm -hmm. And you came on. I listened to you talk. You're in Colorado at the time. I'm like, this guy is incredible. And why are we interviewing him? Like, there's no way he's coming to Brockton. <laughs> I mean, the interview was in, it was amazing. Mm. Um, and I was just like blown away. <laughs> and the only thing that the only question that I had was at the end when they asked you, like, how long? And you go, you know. I can commit to two years, but I want to know, like, I want to reassess, like, what does God have for me? Mm. And I was like, uh, yeah, okay, mm -hmm. I've heard this one before. And I didn't immediately don't trust that language. Mm -hmm. But the more I've gotten to know you, obviously, mm -hmm. as time goes on, uh, I'm like, yeah, he means that. <laughs> He's not just saying it. He's not just trying to have an out. Like, that's the way you live your life is where is... God, however, like that has shifted, whatever that's meant for you, what, what that meant to you at the time. Where's God leading me in this time and space? Yeah. And to me, like when you were, when it was confirmed that you were going to take the job, 
I'm like, okay, I guess I'm still doing this. I guess I'm still like with this organization. And it gave me a lot of hope like for what might be happening around here. And sure enough, you've been here for how, five? Yeah, five years. That's so wild to me. It was five like five years, years in uh, April. April 12th was when I started. The day after your birthday? Yeah, that's when I started. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. All right. For you coming in from Colorado, which was like much more organized <laughs> um we were bare bones like we uh, we had very few people that were left mm-hmm. you had to take an organization and sort of rebuild it mm. you know did you know you were getting into that no <laughs> i i mean i i i just gotta say this like when you think about uh i came as a i was a lead organizer yeah and i was looking to do an entry executive director right i was right. moving up right. it wasn't a, like a lateral move you know what i'm saying so generally when they set you up as a community organizer to like direct yeah they set you up with an organization that is somewhat ready it's a smaller organization yeah. so that you can kind of get your chops okay um and so everyone i assume that that's how they were setting me up um the director of the organization i came from was like yeah this will be a good setup for you mm. Uh, the executive director of uh, the organization, like the mother organization that we come from, I'm not going to say her name because she'd kill me. Uh, <laughs> but like, you know, mother organization is wrong, wrong word. Like the umbrella organization. Yeah, yeah. Like she, even she was like, yeah, this will be good for you. <laughs> She's going to kill me even for like talking about this, I'm telling you. And I walked in and I was like, like some of the first conversations I had, people were like, never call me again. Whoa. And I was like. Oh, I'm in I'm in trouble. I was like talking to like um um like funders mm, and things like that. Mm. And I was like talking to them on the phone and they were like, We are not comfortable giving you money right now. Wow. I and thought that the doors were going to close. When you first started, yep. that was your experience. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know because I was just like what they call a leader. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't know the state of the organization. I just knew we are not doing much. We had done work with like criminal justice reform when, back when Angel recruited me to be part of the, and Angel's been on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then after that whole like sort of movement, it, di- it really died out. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that like the organization had had some like ill will feelings towards it yeah. in the community. It was just burnt. They were burnt yeah. out. Yeah. And I mean, you know, no, I mean, no disrespect to the people that came before me. No, things no, like no. That. Yeah. They were just burnt. Yeah. They were tired. Yeah. And like this work is hard. Yeah. And it's thankless. Mm. Um, and when you don't win much and it's thankless and you don't see a lot of change, people are like, I'm I'm too tired to be continue to keep doing this. Well, yeah. Not and, only And they feel unappreciated, you know? Yeah. Not only thankless, but like you've had to face people calling you all sorts of things. Mm. Um <laughs> And we talked about Jeez. I talked about that a little bit with Bree about Dark and how what the reception was when people were calling her an agitator and all sorts of stuff like that. You've been called that and so many other things. Um, and I don't know for someone that you know we'll go deep. We'll we'll just go deep for someone that has shared with me so often about and shared with you know churches that I've been and and places where you've spoken. You talk a lot about belonging and how important that is to mm-hmm. you. For someone who has that in you to also like agitate people around injustice in all parts of society has to be grinding. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> to say the very least. Which right? I've seen firsthand, but I'm like, yeah, what does that look like for you? Um, you know, it's interesting that you talk about that. Like when I first came here, I was so grounded. Yeah. Like, I mean, you remember me yes. then and now, right? Yes. Like, yes. we're different humans. hundred <laughs> percent. I was grounded. Like, two years before that, I had just come off of, like, a 40-day water fast, mm. right? So, like, my experience of groundedness was just, like, I was in the soil. You know what I yeah. mean? I was, like, rooted. Yeah. Um, I was clear about, like, what I felt like the, the creator was calling me to do, like, the direction that I was supposed to go. I was clear about my gifts. Mm. I felt strong in who I was. Yeah. So all of that other stuff didn't matter to me in the same way. Yeah. Um, right. Two years, you know, working in mm. Brockton, and I forgot. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just like... You, you forgot meaning like you forgot who you were, yeah. what grounded you. Gotcha. I forgot who I was. Yeah. Right? I forgot, um, you know, where I was coming from. I forgot why I came here to begin with. Mm. And then I just allowed that, like, I mean, you know, I've been, I was talking to you about this a, a couple of days ago. Like, I found myself over this past couple of years, or over this past, like, year. Like, yeah. COVID uh, was really hard for me, and I started to deteriorate yeah. during COVID. Um, but then, like, I really started to, to decline in, like, the latter part of last year moving into this year, mm. uh, where I, like, like really like delved into a type of depression that I hadn't been in. Like I'm just starting to realize I hadn't been in it since I was a junior in high school. Wow. Uh, it was like a really dark space. And it was like a space where like I got really paranoid. Like everybody's against me. Everyone's going to leave me. Yeah. Right. I'm all alone. No one has my back. It was like just this really extreme. Like I almost had a panic attack. Like what, maybe like a week ago. Wow. I'm like sitting in the bed, you know. Wow. Um, or a week and a half ago. Because yeah. it like prompted something in me. Like, Whoa. I'm sitting in the bed and I just wake up. And like there was like this like clear like voice inside my head and like in my heart. Like there was like saying like everybody's going to leave you. You're going to be by yourself. You're, all your relationships are crumbling and coming apart. And it was like it was in that moment that like I remembered what how I got here. Wow. And I immediately started to fast. Really? So yes. Yes. So Hulk, wow. <laughs> that was a week and a half ago? Yeah. Yeah, man. That's Okay, and so but people just yeah, you're water fasting again. Yeah. And uh, you look, you know, healthier and stronger than than I I think I do. <laughs> you got this giant yeah, jug of water, but like, uh, should I hold it up? Let's see yeah. it up here. <laughs> How many times have you done the water fast? Once. This will be my second time. Okay. Um, so, but back to this, like you, that feeling of being alone and like no one's with you. That's something I've heard you talk about in the past. Not that no one's with you, but this, it's a lonely feeling to be fighting the the fight that you, you yeah. are in. Mm-hmm. Um, is it something, but you're feeling it now, or we're feeling it on a level that's deeper than typical. Mm-hmm. What what do you think was bringing that up? Um, so the, like the nature of community organizing is tension, mm-hmm. right? Like what you were yes. saying before. Yeah. And... We had made a decision as an organization and as a group of people that we were going to turn up the dial. Mm. And we were doing that because um, 
a part of this is is that like Brockton as a as like a city, like the power structures that exist here, whether people acknowledge it or not, are deeply racist mm. and deeply oppressive. They're and they're like they are not designed for people to flourish. No, and we are seeing that year in and year out, yeah, day in and day out. People are continually expressing. Their frustration, their hurt, their fear, mm. their pain as a result of the power structures that exist in the city. Mm. And and at the same time, we have like this way of engaging in that conversation that is like, but we still have to be polite. Mm, right. Because people in Massachusetts really need to be polite. To yeah. <laughs> right. Like right? that's a value of yeah. us. Uh, you know, until a police officer is pulling you over, then the politeness goes out the Yeah, right. Exactly. The window. Um, yeah, cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, like, as it relates to that, like, I, um, like, so we, we decided that we were going to like turn up the dial because any, any time when I see, um, uh, any, any movement that you see where real change happened. It didn't happen until they turned the dial up. Yeah, absolutely. It was. It wasn't until they were refusing to leave, uh, you know, uh, kitchen counters. I mean, uh, yep. Uh, yep. restaurant counters. Yeah. It wasn't until um, they were willing to stand up against dogs and uh, and uh, in water. You know, I mean, you look at uh, the uh, our, you know our native uh, native folks in um, in you know Wyoming, North Dakota, South yes. Dakota, around yep. like the. The pipeline. Uh, the pipeline. Yeah. Like, it wasn't until they turned up the dial. Then everybody started paying attention. Then exactly. everybody wanted to join. Then everybody wanted to exactly. to do something about it. Yeah. But, and, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm saying, like, they didn't turn up the dial because they wanted to or felt like there was some, like, uh, we're just not being heard. It's because they had to, right? Yeah. There's, like, a desperation that comes with these systems are are killing people. Yeah. This thing, the pipeline's killing people. Exactly. Like, we have to turn the... Like, that's not a choice. Right. And I hear that from you so often. It's not a place of... I think what people find so contagious about the way that you lead is that it's... There's none of it that's false. It's like, you're coming from this place of, like, I desperately need freedom. Mm -hmm. I need this. And I want you to come along with me. I want us all to have it. Yeah. So that's why the dial gets turned Mm -hmm. up. And what are... What are some of the reactions that you... So that's what you're saying. That's kind of what led to... Exactly. I mean, because yeah. they came for us. Yeah. Bro. Like, I mean, you know... Feel free to drink, by the way, as much as you need <laughs> I to. Preach, I'm going to drink <laughs> I'm like a little parched now. <laughs> so, so, like, I mean, I, like a part of the things that were happening is is that they started... Like, there, there were ways in which... You know, some people will call this coincidence. We are smarter than that. And mm. I refuse to be gaslighted around it. Yeah. Right? That, like, people were losing their jobs. Wow. People were being followed by, you know, police cruisers and other, uh, and other like, unmarked vehicles on a regular basis. People mm. had people uh, that there were cars parked outside of their, like, mysterious cars parked outside of their houses. Um, there were, you know, folks that were, that their jobs were being threatened. Like, literally, like, are you connected to this organization? Do you know we sign your checks? That kind of stuff that was happening. There were lots of things that were happening. Wow. That, like, tells tells me that, like, we had done something. You're hitting the nerve, yeah. Then people started calling me and saying, you need to watch your back. 
Really? Yeah, they were saying that it's uh, that you know I couldn't tell you couldn't tell if it was like that I wasn't physically safe. They're like people were watching you. Wow. Um, and that they're in rooms. People are saying things like that you're a religious zealot. That's that, right. Uh, yeah, That's right. Yeah. Religious zealot and that Bic is an organization being like a radical organization being run by a religious zealot. Yeah. And so like really trying to discredit you know, the work that we're doing. Yeah. And like using language, like religious zealot is like language. It's like very biblical. It is. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's It's um, it's very Christian Bible language. That's what Jesus and his fault, Yeshua is. Yeah. I'm out of the practice. (laughs) And all his his followers um, were called, were zealots. Yeah. So when I hear you say that a religious zealot is leading a radical organization, I'm like, Amen. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 was hard for me about it was it, they was meant as an insult. Yes, of course. Right, they of course. were meaning to insult, and and that it, what it was particularly pricking on was they were trying to se- separate me from community. Yeah. Okay, and, and what they were trying to separate you from the Brockton community. Yeah, well, exactly. Okay, got you. Right. So it's like. If I am, what they're trying to do is they were trying to make me untouchable. Like yeah. trying to make me, uh, untouchable is the wrong word, like a deplorable, right? Yes. They're trying to make me somebody that should not be in, engaged with, interacting with. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And so what what was hard is, is that at the same time, people were flocking, right? Yeah. So it was like the contradiction yeah. was there for me, but I could not hear it or see it. And I still haven't really been able to hear it and see it the wow. ways that I want to. Because you have the voice of, like, do you know who is saying these things? Like, who are the people that are say, calling you a religious zealot? You don't have to say it, but, like, you're yeah. aware of who they are. Yeah, I know that. And these voices mean enough to you where you're really struggling. That's what's so interesting. So, yeah. So, this is important, Dave, is, is like, uh, I don't know if I should be putting this out here or not, right? Is but, there, like, it, it doesn't, that's the, that's the insidiousness of, like, my belonging stuff is that, the voice actually doesn't need to be important to right, me. Right, right, right. Like when I like people were like asking me that question, I was like, no, I don't really mm-hmm. actually care what, what these folks think. Yeah. Except for I care what everybody thinks. Yes. Yes. And so that's like wow. led me to this like that's what like this fast is like I'm gonna walk out of these forty days and I'm not going to care about none of it. Mm. I'm gonna be completely dead set on liberation and I'm gonna be completely dead set on uh, on uh, being connected to community, like I will not be surrupted. Mm. I will not be separated from my community. Yeah, wow. I hear that and I see it all over you. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen you in fasts before, not like this. I've never seen you in a in a forty day water fast. Mm. I know you've we've talked a lot about it in the past, but it's interesting that it's sort of connected to. And I know you're not from a tradition where you do Lent and Easter and all that sort of stuff. Mm. You know. Um, but it's that's the t- period of time within the Christian calendar. It's interesting that you're actually doing something that's very closely aligned with what Yeshua did. Mm. Whereas many people will give up chocolate or something during mm. that period of time. You're like, I'm not, and it's not connected that way for yeah, you. Yeah. But it is like in terms of that, the history that I come from, mm. the that tradition's calendar. You're right there. It's kind of like going along with that. Mm. You're part of his journey. Mm. Does that connect for you at all? Like, do you feel connected to what he was doing, what his journey was about, being in the wilderness, and like, 
Does, is there any part of you that connects to that or is this more connected to your own isolation and like I'm not saying it has to be yeah, yeah, just I for understand. me that's what it conjures up so the first time absolutely yeah like the first time I did it you know I did it with Sakuria uh, yeah. my wife and <laughs> she was the one that prompted it and I was like alright <laughs> I guess we in this thing, you know what I'm saying? Like it was, I, I not very. I wouldn't eager. Not you know surprising that she prompted that. Yeah. yeah, and like you know, she comes into the the fast and she's just like, oh, I'm not hungry at all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we're talking on the phone because she left. She went to the desert to go do it, right? So she went to like New Mexico. She do did. Yeah, I didn't know that. And so oh. she's like, yeah, I'm not hungry. I haven't ever felt hungry at all. And she's having all these insights about it. And like the first day, I'm like starving, hungry. Yeah. You know right. what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. I need to eat, you know? Right now. And she's like, are you sure you're not just... I'm like, yes, I'm sure. By the way, I really love your impersonation. <laughs> yeah, I hope she doesn't hear she's going She's not going to actually be happy about that either. And I think I think that my wife has a beautiful I'm voice. I'm sending it's this melodious. right to her. <laughs> So, yeah, so I mean... But, but it was like that. It was yeah. like, I want to come out on the other side. And, you know, we oftentimes talk about pre-fast and post-fast yes right and we're different humans even then like yeah. the, who i was before and who i am now is yeah. like completely different this one i mean it's always i'm always called back so yeshua i feel like um you know if i was living at that time when yeshua was walking the mm. earth in mm. this in this time we probably would have been boys if like mm. if we were in contact with one another or contemporaries or yeah. something like we yeah. would have like i resonate with like his actual mission. Yes. Right. I'm not going to go into too much detail about that, but I resonate with his actual mission. Yeah. And I actually resonate with like his teaching. Yeah. Um, Can we real quick say, because it does matter to me that we say his actual mission as somebody like many people listening, if they're from a tradition that is linked to mine, will think his mission may have been to like save the world of their sins mm. and all that sort of stuff. What we're talking about is more about systemic disruption. Mm. Like, like up on um overthrowing the powers that be in a mm, sense is mm. that kind of what you're talking about <laughs> i'm like i just told you i have all this problem with I belonging said, and I, now said, <laughs> I said it not you yeah no i'm just kidding you know what i'm saying like yeah i mean what i'm yeah what i'm getting at is is that like for me in the ways in which i interpret um history and and uh and also biblical his, yeah, his writings and all, yeah. yeah and his teachings yeah. it's like it it feels very clear to me that he is like disrupting an ideology that was existing in that current empire yeah. at that particular time. Yep. And that the language that he's using and the, the things that he's saying and doing are directly to get people to have a response and reaction yes. to like acting differently. Yeah. Um, uh, because of his, you know, because of what he was saying. Yeah. And that like that uh, for me um, you know, I I don't feel I you know I I don't feel the need to get in a debate on whether or not he came to save people's sins and yeah, all those no. different kinds of things. That's if when people believe that, like I don't judge people around it. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, what I'm clear about is the way I operate when I think about Yeshua and when I read his writings. Yeah, is like that's what's informing how I show up in the world. Right, and you and from so to what I was what you were talking about. That you know you would have been connected with him, you would have had a very similar way mm -hmm. of operating. Um, and at this stage, doing maybe this a little more radical, maybe, maybe <laughs> more of a religious <laughs> zealot. <laughs> that was a joke. Hey, <laughs> people catch it. Hopefully, I hope so. Um, and now, 
you're you're saying talking about being a different human now and what it feels like to go into this fast yeah is different than what it felt like that last time yeah so there's a couple of different journeys that are happening for me so yes so one of the journeys is, is like one of the reasons that i have such a huge issue with belonging for myself is because my people were stolen yes right we got here um, uh, purposefully to work um, and and like to raise the economy of this country without compensation, yep. with torture um, and with uh, like just out, outright malice towards uh, me and people that look like me. Yeah. And, and so I've been on this journey to try to figure out where I come from. Yeah. Yeah. And I found out some stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so we did this African, me and Sakura, we did this African ancestry. Mm. And in the midst of that, you know, she found out first. And, mm. you know, I'm sure you'll have her on here, so I'm not going to uh, sure give, yeah. give a, uh, she, yeah, she'd want to share this herself. And yeah. I, I think it's really important that people get to share it themselves. Yeah, for sure. Um, for me, I found out, I found out through my father's line, so my Y chromosome, that, mm. that's right, yeah, my Y chromosome that, um, and African ancestry for any like black black Americans out there, black folks out there that are like listening, this is like a really good tool if you're trying to find your ancestry because mm. it can find it all the way down to the tribe. That's wild. That you came from. Yeah. So and like the ancient like so it's like the tribe that came then, right? Man. What it would have been known as. So so yeah, for for me, what we what they found is is that I come from modern day Gabon. Um and wow. that I uh, my DNA comes from four different tribes, in mm. Gabon, uh, which is different than yeah. some folks, right? So interesting. So one is the Ateke okay. tribe. Uh, two is the Kota tribe, uh, K O T A. Okay. Uh, and then three is the Fang tribe, um, and then the fourth is the Tsogo tribe, T S O G O. Okay. Um, and it's oftentimes known as the Mitsogo tribe. Mitsogo. Okay. So here's why all of this is important. It's all important. So my my so Sakuria like so that that first and foremost that is like just huge. Yes, right. I belong to tribes. I belong to people, and I know who they are. I will just say from my own perspective of being friends with you, Mm -hmm. we have talked about so often that you don't know where your family's from, and to have that come up is just it's huge I'm yeah just blown away yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and like i want to name too that like you know i have like a really rich american history like yeah. on my dad's side like we do family reunions every year i know like there's like a place that i know where i come from yes and it like stops at slavery yeah wow and it's like yeah we came from a lot we we're also taken from a lot yes and like i want to know what i was taken from <laughs> you know what i mean so so i started doing some research and it's like you know, when I started reading about these tribes, I'm just like, yeah, I got that DNA inside me, like yeah, these humans, so right? Good. Oh, that's so good. What the one that I want to like focus on in this particular moment is like, so you know, my wife, she went to Gabon, yeah, um, and like started this journey, yeah, and she ended up at uh, uh, going to go through like spiritual um, initiation things like that. That you know, I'll, again, I don't want to share too much about, yeah. Um, but in the midst of that, you know, she came back and she was like, you really need to go to Africa. Mm. You need to go to Gabon particularly. I think you'll like find something there. Yeah. I, like these people, they feel like your people. Mm. I Now, I didn't know I was from Gabon at this time. I didn't oh, know didn't. that. I didn't know at that particular moment. No. But she's like, they feel like your people. 
Um, and she was like learning about the Bwiti tradition, which mm-hmm. is a spiritual tradition that is practiced in Gabon. Yes. Um, and she was sharing with me the teachings of it. And it's like, these are natural. Like when I came out of the womb, these were natural teachings that I operated in the world around. And nice. it's like, it's like my parents were just like, you're funny. You know, like <laughs> they always used to say like, you're, you're funny. They always told me that I was like different. I always felt different. Yes. I always felt more aware of where I came from, but yes. I couldn't like, you know what I'm saying? Like yes. they were trying to teach me this Christian walk and I was like, yeah. um, and there are things that like resonated for me, but it was of the course. things that were resonating for me from this Bwiti tradition where the places where they overlap. That's wild. Cause I'm, cause of course they overlap. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Right. So, so, um, at the same time I had met with the shaman. Um, right. Yeah. And this shaman, uh, is like, uh, what I would consider a spiritual mentor to me. Yeah. Um, and you know, he tells me that like, as he's like, you know, talking to me and things like that. And he had did this, uh, you know, this, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, uh, over when you met with him? He... Yeah. It was like this intentional, um, yeah, I'll think of the word at some point. Yeah. But, uh, he was like doing a viewing, like he was oh, viewing, okay. you yes, know, like yes, trying yes, to yes. figure out what, what, what was, what, it, what was for me. Right? Yeah. And he was just like, like taking you in and giving like, okay. Yep. Yeah. And he's like, you know, your ancestor, like you are imbued with the ancestral like wisdom and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, and you're going to get called to Africa. Wow. You're going to get called there at some point what? to go through like yes. intentional, like an intentional process. And that that process is going to lead you into the next steps of like your work. <laughs> Brother. <laughs> I, was that last year? Uh, yeah, it was last year. Was, okay. Last year for my birthday, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. So I kid you not, right? A year later, Sakria goes to Gabon. She comes back. She tells me all this stuff. I find out I'm from Gabon. And the tribe that she went to is one of the tribes that is that is directly connected to me. The Mitsoko tribe. Yeah, how's that real? I'm just like, dude, like, you know what I'm saying? You can't make this stuff up. That's why, like, you know, when I tell you, like, I'll see what God has in store for me, like, I need it. You know exactly. <laughs> exactly. See, see, for anybody that would ever doubt... <laughs> I'm still I'm still skeptical whenever anyone else says it, but that's not what you say. It's like this brother must mean something, you know. So it's, it's like I laugh about it, like I laugh about it too, because like we had so many conversations and like you've had so many experiences with me where it's like you can't make this stuff. Up. You got to shine on you. Mm. You got like uh, I think that that's why i'm sitting in this office is this is that your office this is your office yeah that's my they're both our offices yeah yeah i'm sitting in this office right now and thinking about five years ago (laughs) where things were at and certainly a lot has happened in both of our lives and our lives together over that course of time but people are drawn to what you have to Mm -hmm. say and people are are trying to undercut you because you've got to shine on you Mm. And I think that if you didn't and have people doing that, then from my perspective, at least the kind of person I'm, I am, I'd be like, he's just doing, he's just doing what fits. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't really make much of a difference. Mm-hmm. Like somebody that's gonna make the system, ah, you can't make the system more just. Someone that's yeah. gonna <laughs> undercut the system. So much. <laughs> I really do. I just love you so much. <laughs> Someone that's yeah, gonna no, I can't. <laughs> someone that's not interested in reforming the system, but like overturning it, which is where you resonate with Yeshua's 
mission in many ways. He wasn't trying to reform. He was trying mm-hmm. to offer a different alternative, which my friend TC and I talked about mm-hmm. last week. Um, I love his you're, too. Yeah, you're doing that. That's what you're doing. And I think that's where I've always been able to sit and watch and be like, oh, mm. of course. Yeah. And it's very painful to hear what you go through internally. Mm. I think it's important for people to understand, to know that a person who is a revolutionary is also deeply human mm. in the best ways, mm. in all in all the human ways. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. you you feel pain, you want friendship, you long for community. And to have people point at you when all you're trying to do is liberate everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, do you see the pain that we're all facing? And when someone is, is feels at home in a system that you experience as unjust, mm-hmm. they're going to try to undercut you. Yeah. And it's painful for people that love you to watch, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's obviously painful for you to experience. But um, knowing that you've found that kind of a home that can give you like an, another sense of belonging or inspiration is just unbelievably yeah. beautiful to me. Well, what's so like, what's like really exciting to me, I just want to share it. Like, I'm just excited about it. I'm you know, excited really, to like, hear it. So. <laughs> it's like, so it's, so, you know, the Mitsoko tribe. So before I knew that that was the tribe, before I knew where I came from, um, that, 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 that tribe was one of the places, you know, Sakura was already asking the, the shaman or like the spiritual leader of that particular space, you know, I, you know, she's like, I think my husband should come. And he's like, yeah, let him come. And he was like, you know, he's like, I want him to come and he's going to, I want him to come and go through uh, rites of passage mm. and like initiation. Yeah. And anybody that knows me knows that like rites of passage and initiate, to be initiated, to belong, to like be invited into the tribe, yes. to my tribe. Yes. You know what I'm saying? My yes. tribe. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. A tribe that like I got stolen from, that like the American like imperialist, like capitalist way of thinking tried to destroy in me. Yes. Like like that all through all of these centuries, right? You know what I'm saying? Or you know, decades, centuries, however centuries. long. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like all this time, yeah. all of these ways in which we were like tried to be separate and yes. like we're trying to be snatched from our yep. people. I found my way back. Man, it's so wild. And I, I just went for a walk with your wife before mm-hmm. this. And she mentioned how this particular tribe, this was wild to me, <laughs> compared, there were multiple tribes that she was talking about. And I believe it was this one that she said was able to stay untainted by the colonizers. Mm. Like they somehow um, escaped into the woods or mm-hmm. something. The mountains, yep. Which... Which it would have been extremely rare because at that time, England, Portugal, these these uh, countries that were colonizing much of Africa were uh, teaching them Christianity. Mm. They were building schools, hospitals, you name it. And they were overtaking their spiritual practices yeah. and mingling it with their version of Christianity. Exactly. And to have found this tribe that's like knowing you, like this, like, like radical in the in the root sense, African mm-hmm. uh, tribe. Or well, so what would it have been at the time? Do you know, like, what country? I mean, it, it's I don't know the history of yeah, because I mean, how things worked back then. I mean, maps are political. I know, you know they I mean? change so every like, five minutes. Yeah. But yeah, like so that at that point of time, like where they haven't been touched. 
yeah. or tainted. It's such a serendipitous thing for you. Um, cause I think one of the ways we have always resonated is a deep desire for like sort of an authentic, raw, uh, experience of yeah. spirituality yeah, and humanity yeah, yeah. that like, we are always like seeing the ways that this or that thing has been co-opted to fit some agenda and to know that that's where you're going or that's what you found. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not even jealous. I'm just excited. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. So are you going is the question? Yeah. I'm going in June. I'll be going for two weeks. That's wild. And you know, he, told me you know he's like tell my he called me his son-in-law tell my son-in-law to come and we're gonna uh we will get him initiated mm. right to pass so you in less than two months are going to be initiated into the tribe that your family was stolen from yeah bruh I'm i don't know like, I don't think you can be the same after that. I was that. like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm like, at the end of the fast, I'm like, go belong, and then I'm going to go. It's like, just in case you were confused, brother. This like, is where you yeah. were. So, so belonging, I mean, this com- so we're going to have to have you on after to talk about belonging again in someone. Because the way you're going to talk about belonging after that will be different. Exactly. You know? And I think that's, that's really... Um, it's really profound to think about how that changes as life goes on, mm. you know, and where you belong, who you belong to, and all that sort of stuff. And knowing that you're going to be raising your son with the knowledge of where his yeah, family bro. comes from. He's going to go through rites of passage yeah. at the age he's supposed to. Man, how old is he now? He's four. He's four, yeah. Right? That's powerful. Yeah. I think about it with raising kids, you know, it's powerful for us because mm-hmm. we're, you know, you're younger than me, not, not by that much, but mm-hmm. you know, like we're at an age where we've built up so much of life and there's so much that we need healing from still. And, mm-hmm. um, that's powerful to be able to think about our kids in a way that gives them something to, to live for yeah. and to f- find purpose in and connection to, uh, the earlier we can do it, the better. Yeah. For their own health and mm-hmm. for the way that they can live powerfully in the world, I think that's that's incredible. He's four years old. He's gonna go through that whole process with two of his parents that have found that. I don't know. Yeah, that's just really amazing. It's gonna be amazing. Yeah. So his questions will obviously be new questions and different questions, and mm-hmm. and I think that's where we want to be. Right? Is just building more for um, not having to unlearn as much. For them, I, that's something I have thought about a lot is that I don't want my kids to have to unlearn all the things I had to unlearn, uh, that they can start with more of a clean template. Uh, and I think that might be a misguided hope. Kids are going to mm. always have to unlearn things yeah. uh, that we put into them. But um, <coughs> but yeah, I, I love that. And I love that for your family. It's just a beautiful thing. And so as an organizer, I'm sure that will shift the way you do things. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, and I, and I, you know, I'm like starting to shift in my, th- like, I'm like in terms of organizer years. Yeah. Like, I'm old, man. You like, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're like, old, yeah. I've been organizing for a long time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, some of the people that have been organizing longer than me will be like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> but like, you know, 
we, I, I think as organization, as organizers, we have to be more thoughtful about when we're ready to get out the way mm. and like start to become like, you know, you need wisdom councils. You need yes. places where like young, like young people got a lot of like, like knowledge and thoughts and like innovation and imagination yeah. that like could be supported if we would get out of the way and mm. let them step into their leadership. Yeah, that's that's powerful. And like, and then like start to create the conditions to like, you know, support them, mm. like offer them our insights, our ideas, our thinkings mm. and allow them to take the things that they need to take. Yes. Uh, and then leave the things that were only for our time. I love that, especially because I found parts of organizing to be, um, and I don't know, I think it was connected to some part of my burnout personally. I felt um that this like the nourishing part was lacking for me mm. that it was that my energy based on the way that i'm built not mm. blaming any system mm. or anything like that um i i dove into let's do this let's like burn the house down mm. kind of thing and i think that to have you know wisdom to have people that have gone before and to People that, you know, can say, hey, watch out for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you ground yourself. Make sure you have a, a mm-hmm. practice that keeps you um, rooted like the way that you felt with your first fast or mm-hmm. the way that you came to Brockton um, that keeps you steady in some ways. You, you know, you can't do it completely. There's always going to be stuff that knocks you off. But yeah. I, I think that makes a lot of sense that as you've seen things and you, you recognize a new generation as a new way of dealing with injustice, mm-hmm. You can provide wisdom, but they get to lead in a really powerful way. Exactly. That makes sense to me. Yeah. And so, I mean, I like a part of what it's happening is I'm like in a, I'm in a moment right now of like trying to understand and discern what the, that, what does that mean for me? Yeah. But one thing I am clear about is, is that I want to start and start creating a, like a spiritual formation community mm. that like is directly invested in liberation. Yeah. Right, which is different. I think the community organizing needs to still happen because I think that there are a lot of systems and structures that exist that like we got to tear down in order to make room for the kind of thing I'm trying to build. Yeah, but it's like we also got to start building something different. Mm. Like people got to start to be able to see and imagine what a world could look like without like just the the oppressive nature of like white supremacy and yeah. patriarchy and capitalism and yes. imperial Christianity. There's something different. Yeah. I, so to create a space that opens up people's imagination for this kind of community can exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though like what we see looks like there are only a few sets of options ahead of exactly. us. You're saying you want to create the kind of thing that is spiritually nourishing, that provides, um, imagination around economic well-being all sorts of things yeah and not just imagination but like living it living it you out. know like yeah. um so it's like it's a spiritual community in some form yeah it's like you know for the longest time i used to think i was trying to start a church when i was in my christian days you yeah, know what i mean yeah, yeah. um but now that i'm like um like starting to it's like you know if if there is a hereafter then great mm. if there is a, a time where things shift to a new way of being because, you know, you know, the creator creates the opportunities for that, then great. 
And I'm like, I'm about getting liberation today. Yes. I'm right. not waiting right. for for that day to come. Like, yeah. I'm going to fight for it today. Yes. And I'm going to have it today. I'm going to leave this earth free. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I hope this conversation inspired some new thoughts within you. Until next time, peace, my friends.